Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to TC Live on a semifinal Friday in Paris. As we approach championship weekend, there's a familiar feel at Roland Garros. The man who already has a statue outside the stadium continues to perform more artistry inside Chatrier. The roof is on. It has come down to these four players on the men's side. First up, it's the 13-time champion, Rafa Nadal, taking the court against Alexander Zverev, followed by a resurgent Marin Cilic, playing first-time major semifinalist Kasper Ruud of Norway. As usual, the tournament, where Rafa has celebrated so many special moments, falls during his birthday. Nadal turns 36 today and will look to paint the town red, as in the color of clay. On the other side, Sasha Zverev hopes to crash the party and continue his quest for a first major and world number one two Hall of Fame credentials he could capture on Sunday in Paris. With that, we welcome you onto our tennis channel, DraftKings Desk. Men's semifinal day. Steve Weissman back alongside Paul Anico and Chanda Rubin, John Wertheim. So much to be excited about today. How are we feeling, Paul? I'm pretty pumped. I mean, we got history in the making. We got two new faces in the semifinals of Roland Garros. I don't know about you guys, but uh, it's going to be an interesting day. I like that. I mean, this is a good mix. We, we've got the old standby, right, playing the classics. We, we've seen this Nadal guy before as he goes for title number 14. We have an up-and-coming player. We've got a veteran we all know. We've got Zverev trying to make a big breakthrough. This is a really nice balance of themes here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this finals weekend. We've got the women's final set. We've got Coco Golf in the doubles final, so she'll be playing for both. And then, of course, the men's semis today. Incredible that Nadal will be going for yet another major title. Who would have thought last year, end of last year, that we would be here? But, you know, here he is, and with a good shot to get... Grand Slam number 22, is that even possible? See, Roman Garros number 14, how are we even saying those numbers? 22 in the year 2022. Uh, he's got two more wins that he needs to get to. Talking about that first matchup between Nadal and Zverev. Rafa leads the head-to-head. Zverev has won three of the last four. And, of course, Nadal coming off another epic showdown with Novak Djokovic, Paul. It was just an amazing night uh, playing Novak uh, under the lights. And uh, it was electric out there. Whenever they step on the court, it's uh, Magic. Rafa showed us why he's Rafa Nadal over here. Novak showed us why he's Novak coming down from a set and two breaks in the second to make it a war. And when it's a war and it's red clay, I know who my money's on, that guy right there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an interesting day today. All right, let's take a look at the head-to-head between Nadal and Zverev. Rafa leads 4-1 on clay. This is just their second meeting at a major. Rafa also 6-1 on his birthday. He talked about the crowd as we go inside the press room. Well, the crowd has been amazing uh, since the beginning of the tournament. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> probably they know that uh, not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to be here for <laughs> for uh, a lot of more times. Don't well, say it. No. Don't say it. <laughs> he keeps hinting. Exactly. I don't want to believe him. Uh, listen, he's coming off of a couple of matches where he had to be on court 
for more than four hours. Chanda, what's the most important thing you're looking for from Nadal today? Well, we keep talking about the physical aspects, and yet it doesn't seem to really be an issue. But certainly he's having to manage it between matches. You figure he will be fresh enough. He's had just enough rest, perhaps. But it has been grueling for him to get to this stage. I think against Verev, the fact that they have such familiarity and against playing each other, Nadal has as good an idea as anyone of what he needs to do in terms of using the conditions, using the court, trying to control the tempo, getting off to a good start. I thought that was important against Novak Djokovic, the fact that Nadal was able to win that first set. I think with what he's been hinting at physically, that's going to be important again in this semifinal uh, against Verev. And, you know, we know how, how physical it is to battle against Nadal for three out of five sets. So he's got to bring that into play as often and as early as possible. You mentioned the physical. Here's one for you. Let's bear in mind that Nadal, first of all, played a five-setter in the fourth round to get to the quarters. His match against Djokovic was an hour shorter than Zverev Alcaraz and had fewer games. It was an hour longer. So it was Nadal spent more time on court to play fewer games. That tells you how physical the rallies were. That tells you how punishing this was, how many deuce games there were. So he's coming off a five-setter and then a four-hour four-setter. That's a lot of tennis, never mind the fact I think he's – is he 36 years old today? That's no, right. That's a guy who also, 36 is a big number as well. So physical, I think, is that, that's the match in a nutshell. This is the seventh time he'll be the only member of the big three to reach the final four at a major. The previous six times, he has gone on to win it all. But, Paul, you have some insight that may end the perfection. Well, I don't know if that's Ooh. possible. I don't know if that's possible to end perfection with Rafa Nadal, but some great work by our friends back in Hawkeye to talk a little bit about why Zverev's comfortable playing Rafa. He he has beaten him before. The big reason for this is first of all his height. He's six foot six. Rafa's lefty forehand to the two-handed backhand normally is in a very uncomfortable strike zone. Look at the hop on that ball. That ball's up over that yellow spot, and that's four feet, one inches. But look, Zverev's only five inches lower than that where he likes to strike the ball. That's very comfortable. The other thing is, notice Zverev's only three and a half feet back. He could take another foot and a half and go back. And because he hits the ball so big to give up space, to hit it in his strike zone, it's minimal space and it's optimal power for Zverev. Right. That's why the matchup has been a little bit challenging at times. But to do it three out of five sets, that's going to be a big, big ask for Zverev. Well, remember, he did beat him on clay once in yes. Madrid, but that's Madrid. Right. It's altitude and it's very fast. Novak beat him the next week in Rome. So I think Zverev is going to play a very tough match. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say Rafa's going to win the majority of the big points. Well, Zverev just got his first top 10 win. We talked about that at a major. He is 0-7 against top five players. And Nadal, top five in the world. In our other semifinal, Kasparud, Ruud, Marin Cilic, and the 33-year-old Chanda is having an inspired run here. First time in the semifinals at Roland Garros, coming off a big win against Andre Rublev. Yeah, and it's incredible. The win against Medvedev a couple of rounds before, he talked about that being his biggest win and this against Rublev, he didn't quite play quite as well, but when it mattered most, when it got down the stretch in the fifth set tiebreak, he played inspired tennis. His ability to come in, to take over the net, to back up his big forehand, control the middle of the court with that shot, it came through time and time again when he needed it most. And in that previous match against Medvedev, we saw it for three sets. This was a tougher challenge, and Cilic was able to do it when it mattered most. What a moment for the Croatian. And then Kasparud, first all-Scandinavian quarterfinal here against Holger Runjan, turned a bit icy at the end. The Nordic chill. Uh, no, this is a, a match between 
two players, and we talk about the similarities in Scandinavia, but also not dissimilar games. Two guys that get the, the most out of their talent. They're clever. They, they move well. They're not going to win a huge number of points with power. There is Rune clawing his way back into this match. The 19-year-old. It was not Carlos Alcaraz who was the last remaining 19-year-old. But uh, in the end, experience won out. But this one, uh, this one got a little frosty. That was a critical third set tiebreaker that Casper Rude won, and then got a break, ran this out. Again, this is nice, composed, organized tennis. Nice little bit of shot making there. These aren't two guys that are going to blast their way off the court, but they just do everything really capably. And Casper Rude's won a lot of matches, including that one. Watch this handshake. That's for a random brush of palm. Um, so a bit of a uh, bit, bit of frost there, but bottom line, Casper Rude into his first major semi. Looking at the head-to-head, Rude 2-0 against Chilich, but... Chilich has defied the head-to-head deficits against his last three opponents. He was 1-6 against Jill Simone, 0-3 against Daniil Medvedev, 2-4 against Andre Rublev. He just beat them all in the last three rounds. So, Paul, you're going to be calling this match with Brett Haber. What do you think will be the biggest factors between these two? Look, I think it's going to be a bit of a style matchup. I think it's going to be really important for Casper Ruud to impose that ground stroke game where he hits heavy from the back of the court, keeps things real lateral, side to side, and try to impart some power on receiving Chilich's second serve. That's where he can create some doubt. But really, I think it's about keeping Chilich in lateral tennis mm. and away from the net. Yeah, I think that is going to be crucial for a Rude because that is where Marin Cilic kind of set himself kind of above some of his previous opponents. Mentioned that previous match against Medvedev a couple of days ago, not rounds. But, you know, that was where he just came in. Every opportunity didn't allow Medvedev to reset. And I think it'll be a little bit similar against Rude because he moves so well, because he has the ability to stay in points, to make Cilic play that extra ball. That can be challenging on the clay if you're staying on the ground, you're taking more risk you're more prone to making errors and I think Chilich's ability to come in to close it off at the net he's going to have to do that even more against Ruth than he did against Medvedev if he can he certainly can back it up these have been two terrific wins why not a third why not uh listen we've been saying that all tournament John uh, you always have the brilliant insight spare a thought for this player or that which player are we going to spare a thought for after this oh, match? Um, I think you will spare a thought for Marin Cilic, a, a consummate professional. He's been to the one the U.S. Open, been to the finals of Wimbledon in the Australian Open, hits that, that big flat ball, one of the John Lee hook, boom, 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 boom. Um, he's had a great run here. And, again, this is a guy who was basically playing 500 ball for the last three years on, on tour and has a great 2022. He's won five matches here, but I, I think the run ends here. Um, again, terrific player, probably a Hall of Famer, but I spare a thought for a consummate pro who uh, I don't think is going to be the one playing in the final. Listen, he was 0-10 against top 10 players at Roland Garros before this year. If he wins today against Casper, it'll be the first time at any event, and he beats three top ten players. So, 33 years old. Yeah, good, what a run for Marin Cilic. A lot more still to come here on TC Live as we lead up to Rafa Nadal at the top of the hour. We've got the president of the FFT, Gilles Moreton, standing by next to our desk here. He is coming in to tell us all about this wonderful event, what we expect to see today and going forward. It's Nadal Zverev coming up, and we will look ahead to the women's final tomorrow. Will it be the coronation of Coco? Or will Sviantec streak into more history? TC Live from Roland Garros continues next. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to TC Live from Roland Garros, working our way toward the men's semifinals at the top of the hour. Rafa Nadal going to have 15,000 people attending his birthday gathering in Chatrier with Sasha Zverev hoping to crash it. And Marin Cilic trying to complete his box set of major finals against Kasper Ruud. As we bring you back onto our DraftKings Tennis Channel desk, it is our pleasure to welcome in FFT President Gilles Moreton. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Jill. Obviously, it's been an incredible tournament so far. Fantastic fan support. What's been the best part of Roland Garros for you so far? The best part was to, um, to have the, the spectators, the crowd, mm. the, the full attendance in that stadium, this new stadium. So after two years, we're very happy, uh, very happy to have this uh, full capacity. Uh, it's going to be 600,000, more than 600,000 uh, spectators visitors uh, during the, the three weeks of the event. And uh, so we're very happy. That's it. Well, speaking of crowds, we yeah. want to talk crowds and Rafa Nadal. He seems to have a very special relationship <laughs> with the Roland Garros fans. His birthday is today, which seems fitting. This place is almost like home uh, to him with all of the titles that he's won. How do you see that relationship between Nadal and the Roland Garros fans here? It's, it's a very special relationship. After... 13 title here. Uh, he's been, uh, well, that's his home. I mean, I will say that the, the Philippe Chatrier, the center court, uh, it, it, it looks like when he goes there, is another one because he did it and he did it this year. He did an, an unbelievable match against Djokovic and we all thought that Djokovic was a little better this year at the moment. And coming on the court, it's like you, you plug, you know, someone. And, and he gets more energy, power, and, uh, and the crowd, spectators are behind him. I mean, that's his home. It became, I mean, the Holland Garros became an, his home, and he's like uh, the, the best ambassador for the tournament, but for the clay also. Well, you're also a former player. And yeah. as a player, you have a unique perspective. You understand both sides. How has your perspective as a player, how have you brought that to being the uh, tournament running this event? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm very happy now to, to, uh, to be uh, president of the French Federation. And, and on, on my mission, I, I won't say job, my mission, there is that big event, but there's also uh, make, make, make that everybody could play tennis uh, everywhere. That's why maybe you, you've talked about that, but we, we are, we are uh, promoting urban tennis for everyone. So uh, our first concern in the event is the players. Mm. So we, we, we do a lot for the players. We want the players to, to be happy. I know they're happy to, to come to Paris, so we're lucky uh, to have this beautiful, uh, wonderful city. Uh, happy to come here, so we do everything for them. Uh, and, uh, and we're happy also to have them having their, their birthday because we have Siatek having her birthday and now Nadal and Djokovic too. Yeah. So that's unbelievable. During the tournament, it seems that uh, 
birthday is also part of the, of the history of the tournament. It, it, it's always a celebration when you come to Paris. I mean, the city of light, the city of love. Yeah. We are here with the French Federation president, Gilles Moreton, who, as Chanda mentioned, was a player. Listen, you got your best singles result at a major here. You won three doubles titles in your country of France, played Davis Cup for your country. I'm curious because we saw Joe Wilfred Sanga and, and Gilles Simone play their final matches at Roland Garros this year. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it like to be a, a part of those beautiful ceremonies? Well, we, we wanted to... Uh, no, no we, we call those four players, Richard Gasquet, uh, Gilles Simon, Gael Monfils, and Joe Wilfried Songa. We, we call them the, the Musketeers. Mm. So we had the Musketeers a long time ago, a century ago nearly now, and we have the, new Musketeers. And some of them, two of them, are going to quit tennis. Uh, one at the end of the tournament, the other one at the end of the year. So I think that we, uh, I wanted them to be happy. And that's what Joe Wilfried Songa wanted. I talked to him a year ago. Uh, he, he told me, well, I have enough. I have, I have many injuries. I want to stop tennis, but I want to stop in front of spectators, crowd, full stadium. So he had to wait for that one more year. It was tough for him because he was also injured again. And uh, so he was so happy. And uh, I think we, we he deserve it. They deserve it. So to do it like this, it means that that big tournament w wants to keep these, uh, how, do you, how do you say, that human uh, um, emotion, you know, and uh, uh, they are not just machine hitting the ball. Well, they're part of the family. And uh, I think we, it, was, it was good for them to do that. It was very special to see and to be able to talk to Joe Wilfred after that was amazing. You've done an incredible job of modernizing the site here while still maintaining that, that rich tradition that we have here at Roland Garros. The Olympics are coming in a couple yeah. of years. That's going to be awesome. What, what new things can we expect to see there? Well, first of all, you know, the, the claim we have on the tournament, moving the lines with the, with the style, and we want to keep elegance. Uh, you know, we want to keep the tradition, but we want to be in also in the modern way, so treat the, the tournaments and, and move the tournaments. Uh, also because Amélie Moresmo was, uh, was at the top also now at the tournament. She's tournament director. And she brings a lot of ideas, and it's good for it's good for tennis, good for the players. And uh, the Olympic Games will be very interesting for us because we, we usually have other uh, events than uh, than tennis in uh, in in the stadium in uh, Roland Garros. We had boxing already. We had the, a music show, and uh, for the Olympic Games, four events will be there: two Paralympics events, mm. tennis, as we we had on the Philippe Chatrier. Uh, a few, uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, we're going to have also wheelchair volleyball and tennis and boxing. So boxing will follow tennis. We we're going to use all the facilities for tennis. So all the stadiums, uh, uh, Suzanne Langlaine, Philippe Chatrier, Simone Mathieu for tennis. And then we are going to follow by the, the boxing, the finals. And qualies will be somewhere else. But we will have only four or five days of boxing on the Philippe Chatrier only. Well, that's exciting stuff. And, you know, in the meantime, we've got a tournament to finish. It's semifinal day today. Our first match up is Rafa Nadal and Alexander Zverev. <laughs> what are you expecting to see from this match? What are going to be the keys? Well, to me, what I'm expecting is to, to give emotion to the spectators. That's it. I want the people to come here, be happy. 
uh, and, and then maybe say, oh, I'm going to play tennis, I'm, I want to play tennis. That, that's my objection. As a president of the French Federation, it's, it's my only concern, of course, but I won't tell you who I would like to win uh, for the tournament. But, uh, but it's important that the people who come there say that, first of all, they, they, are, they are happy to be in the stadium, in the Stade Roland-Garros, and also what, what they want next is to play tennis. So it's our, my, my objective, my first objective. You can't watch those players without being inspired. It's absolutely incredible. Merci beaucoup Merci. once again for having us here, and it's Thank a you. pleasure to catch up with you. Happy to have you also. Thank you very much. You, you can take another mug I if you'd I'm like. I think another mug, yeah, because that's the one I, I take my coffee in the morning, so I will take another one. Thank there you, you anyway. <laughs> All the presents, okay? Thanks a lot. Deux mug for Gilles Moreton, president of the FFT, joining us on TC Live as we are leading up to the first men's semifinal. Rafa's quest for 14 titles here and 22 majors overall continues. Top of the hour, followed by a couple players looking for their first final in Paris. Stay with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. The women's final is set to be spectacular. Iga Sviantek on a 34-match win streak. Coco Golf trying to be the youngest major champion since Maria Sharapova. Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on Tennis Channel. And isn't it fitting, Sviantek trying to tie Venus Williams for the longest win streak since 2000, while Coco is the youngest American to make a major final since Serena. The Williams sisters, ever present wherever we go. Uh, let's start with Iga, because Chanda, she did have a couple of tense moments earlier in this event, but nothing could stop her against Daria Kazakina. No, I think she has settled in nicely. And once she got through those tough moments against a big-hitting opponent uh, in Jung, that was a battle. She lost her first set here, there. But I think for Sviantek, this was a very comfortable matchup. Kasatkina wasn't going to hit her off the court. She had time to control rallies to dictate the tempo and two all is really where she opened the match up. It was tight back and forth deuces but Sviantek started finding the forehand controlling the middle and using her serve to really take authority in the middle of some of these rallies. Kasatkina struggled on her serve. It allowed Sviantek some opportunities to attack and when she was able to break serve so easily it made her even more comfortable holding and I think Overall, this was just a clean performance from Iga Sviantek. Not a lot of trouble getting through it. So let's take a look at this, because remember, Iga took that number one ranking when Ash Barty retired. So Barty 2021 against Sviantek 2022. Iga still hasn't lost a final, almost to the same number of wins, fewer defeats. I mean... Iga took that number one ranking and just ran with it, John. And we know what Ash did. I mean, she ended her career on a winning streak. Like, give me the baton. I mean, one of my favorite stats is that the number one ranked player has not lost a match on women's tennis since last September. So Iga uh, was worthy of the number one title. I mean, I do think the one stat that we showed, Iga's final 34 matches, incredible. 
none of those have yet to encompass a major time. Could you imagine winning 34 straight matches and not having one major to show for it? I think that's a, a bit of a source of pressure, but this is one of, I mean, I think I'm glad you teed it up the way you did because let's just pause and acknowledge this is one of the great tennis streaks in modern history that we are witnessing. I mean, she took that number one ranking, hasn't lost since, and it's really been a pleasure to watch. It's been fun to watch her, right? I mean, it's one thing to get a gift. It's another thing to take that gift, open it, and keep it. And, you know, she has really affirmed and reaffirmed her dominance on the women's tour. It's been really fun to watch her play so well. The one thing that's going to be a little different in the finals is she's playing a young superstar. She should win this match. She's supposed to win this match. This is going to be kind of the penultimate moment of pressure for Sviantec. She's right here at the door. And it's going to be very interesting for me to watch how she reacts to some adversity. So if I'm in Coco Golf's corner right now, I'm just convincing her, you're 18, you're going to be here a million times, have fun tomorrow, do what you do best, use that athleticism to make her hit one extra ball. And if there's some bumps in the road, that's normal. So just hang in there and uh, have some fun out there. So it's going to be an interesting contrast tomorrow. Two young players, 121-118. I and mean, we love to see the next generation of tennis started this tournament saying, why not, Coco? The question remains, Paul, and she had every single answer against Martina Trevisan. Yeah, she sure did, and we said, why not, Coco? And she gave us some answers yesterday. A little choppy at the beginning of the match, and that's normal. Again, she hasn't been here. This is a moment that's huge for her. She knows she can win. She probably should win, so that means more self-imposed pressure. That means more expectation, but she is wise beyond her years. We've seen it time and time again. The game is getting better and better, missing fewer and fewer forehands. Uh, did such a great job. She won over 60% of the return points and broke six times. That freed her up on her own service game, and she was dominant in the second set when she got on a roll. So that smile tells it all. She's something special, and we're going to see her for years to come. Coco Golf is joining elite company, American teens in major finals. You got Serena, you got Venus, you got Mary Jo, Andrea Yeager, our own Tracy Austin, Pam Shriver, Chrissy, five times. I mean, that's incredible in its own right. Two times here at Roland Garros, the queen of clay herself, Chanda. So what can Coco do to slow down Iga tomorrow inside Chatria? I, I think Coco can continue to do what she's been doing. I mean, her movement has really been incredible. I think that for me has been one of the biggest improvements just from, you know, match to match from those early rounds to kind of midway through the tournament. She's just getting to so many extra balls. And I think that will be something different that Iga Sviantec really hasn't faced. I mean, her previous opponent, Zhang, moved well, but Coco is at another level. So I think that's number one. I think the serving uh, from Coco is going to be important as well. She's really been staying relaxed. She's been going up and out and after her serve. We haven't been seeing the double faults. It's been a, a weapon that she can rely on, and that's important when you get to these big matches. And just have that presence, her competitive nature, that is also what stands out. And we know Iga Sviantec, she's got that intensity. She models a lot of that on how Rafa plays. But I think Coco can match her in that department. That's going to be, I think, for me, the three keys. Okay. Sometimes there's an obvious weakness to exploit, or you, you hit through a player, take advantage of a second serve. I mean, Iga does not have those weaknesses. So I think a lot of this is just about the moment. Make Iga uncomfortable, whether that's prolonging points, whether that's prolonging deuce games, whether that's getting the crowd involved. I think tomorrow, I mean, these, these are two players who are very solid all over the court. 
I think a lot of this is just going to be about circumstance. Yeah, tomorrow is about the moment. It's going to be who manages the moment better. Will someone that's never been there manage it better than someone that's expected to win? And that's the question that we all have got to answer. And uh, I'm going to be sitting right next to you, Steve, tomorrow watching the match. I can't wait. Youngest American woman to reach the final here at Roland Garros in 40 years, Coco. And by the way, she's booked here on Sunday as well because we're going to show you her highlights in doubles. Coco Goff is playing both finals. Stay with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The year was 1982. Ronald Reagan was president, and 80s fashion was beginning to take hold with bright, bold colors and big hair. In sports, tennis was king, led by a Swedish iceman by the name of Bjorn Borg. No one knew it at the time, but his reign was coming to an end, and there was another Swede waiting in the wings. A 17-year-old teenager playing in his first main draw French Open. His name, Mats Wielander. There wasn't a player that I tried to play like, except, of course, Bjorn Boy, because he had these loopy swings and two-handed backhands. I mean, to this day, Sweden had a lot of success in tennis because we were literally the first country to hit topspin off of both sides. Wielander, an all-court player who had won the Roland Garros junior title the year prior, came into the 1982 professional event with little fanfare and no expectations. I was still 17 years old, so I should have actually played the junior tournament. So there was no pressure whatsoever. And if you were able to handle the label that was the next Bjorn Boy, which I was able to do, to able to lie to myself and say, I'm not Bjorn Borg number two, I'm Mats Wielander number one. Shortly after Wielander arrived at the tournament, he found out his first practice partner would be Jimmy Connors. It didn't take long for Mats to realize the pro game was much different from the juniors. We start playing points, and I am beating him in the first set. And we cross by the net, and he says something about my mother to me. And my coach heard it. I said, did you just hear what Jimmy called me? And he said, yeah, I heard. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I'm like, what do you mean, don't worry about it? He just called me a Emotionally, I grew so much over those 24 hours because my brothers also told me, this is not the juniors, okay? You have guys who's trying to intimidate the hell out of you. Wielander's draw wouldn't be a cakewalk, yet he managed to reach the finals by beating veterans Ivan Lendl, Vitas Gerolaitis, and Jose Luis Clerc. I booked a ticket to go back to Sweden the day after I was supposed to lose to Lendl. I had to change my reservation. And then Jose Luis Clark in the semis, no chance. I had another airline reservation, which I had to change. There's a very famous situation where I have match points to go to the finals. The umpire calls one of his shots out, and it's in. The umpire says immediately, game, set, match, Wielander. And then he climbs down the umpire's chair, and he's standing on the court, and Jose Luis Clark is losing it. And I, I'm like, what is going on? So I went up to them and I uh, said, well, I can't win like that. Oh, quelle sportivité extraordinaire chez Mats Wielander. 
C'est lui qui fait. On rejoue. C'est exceptionnel. On n'a jamais vu ça. So we have to replay the point. And of course, Quasilis Clerk was so shocked that next point he literally hit a backhand underneath the net. Et bien voilà, cette fois-ci, c'est bien terminé. Mats Villander ne voulait pas d'une petite victoire. Because of that, I became the crowd favorite for the finals. I played Guillermo Villas in the finals. Guillermo Villas for us was literally what Rafa Nadal is doing to the players today with all that topspin. And when you were a skinny not strong kid like me there was nothing you could do playing tennis from above your shoulder so literally i was afraid of not winning games and i won a game in the first set 6-1 which was okay good the tennis was like two guys in the 12 and under we were literally hitting moon balls back and forth i would say it's the worst final i've ever played in terms of entertainment that was the way that i had to play guillermo villas because if it was physical There's no chance I can beat him. So I had to slow it down to the point where I'm not giving him anything to work with. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm back to playing the juniors. I realized this guy's choking. Like, he doesn't know what to do. So I won the second set 7-6. I wrote my runner-up speech the night before because I never had a speech before the French Open final, ever, in public. And, um, and I still didn't have a speech because I won. At the time, Wielander became the youngest male player to ever win a major. He quickly proved it was no fluke, reaching the French Open finals again in 1983, and then winning again in 85 and 88. But don't be fooled, Mats wasn't just a clay quarter. He won three Australian Opens, two on grass, and one U.S. Open, making him one of the all-time greats with seven singles majors in total. Following his Hall of Fame career on court, you won't find Mats in Sweden or a retirement haven such as Florida. I met my wife in New York City. I moved to New York City in the mid-80s when I was 23 years old. And then we had four kids. We wanted them to grow up in a place like Idaho or in the mountains. To travel six, seven, eight months a year and then come home to a place like Sun Valley, Idaho is unbelievably relaxing. Everything that I was able to do in Sweden growing up, I'm able to do in the mountains here. So I'm not sure why I didn't do it sooner. What a great story. Uh, Mats, super Swede, super guy, seven-time major champion, won Roland Garros in 82, 85, 88. Never won Wimbledon, but won the Aussie Open twice when it was played on grass. Won four majors by the age of 20. Part of three Davis Cup winning teams for Sweden as well. Paul, you got a chance to play Mots a few times. Back on our DraftKings desk, you were able to beat him as well. What do you remember about his game? Well, I wish I beat him all the time. I didn't. I got given a lesson many times against him. I was fortunate once, but maybe the greatest line ever in tennis. In the 80s, people were asked, what's the biggest weapon in the game? Lendl's forehand, McEnroe's volley. And I think Jay Berger said, Mats Wielander's head. Mm -hmm. He was one of the toughest, smartest players out there, and Mats uh, against Vilas just epitomized. He just basically said, okay, I'm not going to miss. I refuse to miss. And he won against one of the greatest of all time on this surface. So that's Mats. You talk about his, his head. I'll talk about his heart. Uh, he, he predated the... This guy came within winning Wimbledon of winning the career slam. I mean, a, a generational player, but I remember uh, a few years ago, we, we saw him in an airport gift shop, and someone said, wait, Mats Villander, shouldn't you be in the first-class lounge? And he said, you know what? 
I'd rather be among the people. He's uh, one of the all-time good guys. He, he's out here. He's, uh, he's playing today. And great tennis player, better person. Yeah, I think exactly. That's so well said from both of you guys because I mean, I talked to have a chance to talk to Matt's now, worked with him a little bit, and he's just so personable. It doesn't matter who you are. He'll have a conversation. He'll talk about anything and just so down to earth. And you mentioned the head, Paul, how much thought that took to play a match outside of his element, but the discipline as well. And you kind of still see it today. So it's, it's incredible to kind of see that piece and to also know him in today's times. He doesn't get enough love, I don't think, yeah. for a seven-time major champion, man of the people, Mats Vilander. 40-year anniversary of that first Roland Garros title. Rafa getting ready to go under the roof on Chatrier. Jason Goodall, Jim Courier will be on the call for our first men's semifinal moments away. Back on TC Live, they knew the rain was coming, so they got in the women's double semifinals earlier today on Longland Chanda. Coco Goff, Jesse Pagula taking on Taylor Townsend, Madison Keys, Americans guaranteed to make the final. Yeah, this was just a fun match with a lot of shot making. We saw Coco Goff leaking, leaping in the air. We saw that the good feel from Pagula. They just worked so beautifully as a team. And in this all American matchup, it wasn't easy knowing each other, your opponents so well. But in the end, it was a battle. And it was Goff and Pagula got, getting through it in that second set. Tie break. What a terrific two weeks for Coco Golf and Jessica Pagula, but a nice run for Taylor Townsend coming back as well as Madison Keys. Absolutely. So they are in the championship on Sunday. That other semifinal has split sets, and right now they are suspended play because of rain. So will it be the two French players or Kitchenuk Ostapenko to meet Golf and Pagula in that women's championship on Sunday? Should be exciting because, listen, last year, Barbora Krejcikova took the title, singles and doubles, Paul. and Is that an omen, Steve? Are you just throwing something? Every year. It's, every year it happens now. It's, okay. it, you know? Well, look, it's going to be an exciting weekend for Coco Golf. How about that for an 18-year-old? First singles final, first doubles final in a major. Will she have two? Well, I think she's going to have one for sure. I called it yesterday, remember. Just remember that I predicted it yesterday. What do you, what do you got? One sentence. Do we like this? Biggest match of her singles career coming up. Do we like she's in the finals of doubles, too? I like it. And, you know, she did get to the finals of the U.S. Open doubles. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Coco did with a different Thank partner, you. though. Thank so Katie that McNally, shows, yeah. That Thank shows how, how versatile she is. But she's got just that little, I think, additional experience. It's fine for, don't you think, 18 years old? She can play a doubles match today and play singles Great. Tomorrow. Absolutely. No Absolutely. doubt. I mean, no question. She could still play juniors, and they play, like, three matches in a day. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Coco Goff. Totally fine. Time for our DraftKings Sportsbook match preview between Rafa Nadal and Alexander Zverev. Before, of course, they walk out and Rafa, he is the heavy favorite. Given five and a half games, John, what do you think? Um, I, I don't. I, th I think Rafa will win. I think, uh, I, I think I would take the game spread. Well, so, four, four, you know, let's say four, four, and four. Um, I think I'm going with Rafa and the game spread. I, I, I think Rafa comes through today. Chanda? What do you think? I think Rafa gets it, and does that mean he has to win by six games yeah. or more? Yeah, that's I correct. I think that'll happen. Yeah. All right, so you're going Rafa yeah. and giving the points, Paul. Well, as you know, math's not my forte, so I'll keep it simple, and I'll <laughs> say Rafa Nadal's going to win.
And uh, <laughs> that's all that really matters who crosses the finish line. I'll let our friends at DraftKings deal with all the other permutations that are out there. Okay. I, I agree with that, Paul. All right. I let Steve say, let's okay, Steve, what did I say, Steve? And tell me what it means in points. No, you're, you're saying take the po uh, give the points for Rafa and, and Rafa wins, basically. A reminder, download any of the DraftKings Sportsbook apps. New customers can bet $1, win $100 if any point is won. If you're not in a sportsbook state, download any of those apps and play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use the code POINT when you sign up for that great deal. All right, we got to talk about the rain, right? It's coming down. The roof is closed. Chanda, how does this affect the matchup between Rafa and Zverev? You know, I was kind of leaning towards these heavy conditions favoring Nadal, and that being less to Zverev's advantage. I kind of think with the roof closed, maybe it evens it out a bit more, gives Zverev just that little additional maybe push. Things may be just slightly quicker with the roof closed. Um, and, you know, he can hit through his shots. He can push a little bit more. We won't have the ball jumping quite as high off of Nadal's racket. So maybe that favors Zverev slightly. I feel like we've gotten uh, we've gotten down. We've been trapped by this before. Oh, they're putting on the roof at the 2020 final. That's going to impact Nadal and slow down the bounce. And then he yeah. crushes Djokovic. And <laughs> he's, the night session is really going to disadvantage Nadal. That's a big point in Djokovic's win. Nadal goes out. And I think if this could be a tractor pull conditions and mud, this could be sand. <laughs> I, I think um, I think, I think Nadal will figure point, out a John. way. I think it, I mean, we got to talk about it. But <laughs> Nadal just seems to play what he play the way he needs to in whatever conditions. Uh, spot on. I, I think this actually helps him. Because every time we've talked about it, we're like, oh, it's, it's going to help Djokovic. It's going to help Zverev. No. It actually helps Rafa. He plays better. As our, as our resident coach on the panel, Paul, uh, what, what are the tactics in this one? Well, first of all, I think you guys are right. It does help Zverev. I think it clearly helps Zverev. The big question is, is it going to help him enough? And historically, the answer has been no, over three to five sets. It may help him for a while, but look, there's never been a better problem solver in the game of men's tennis than Rafa Nadal. He's amazing in every condition, especially here. So for Zverev, he's going to have to be patient but he's going to have to dictate from the back of the court, see if he can use the two-hander, and he's got to be really aggressive returning serve. He doesn't want to just stay in lateral points for four and a half hours with Nadal. Having seen, though, what Nadal has done under the roof, why do you still think it favors Zverev? No, it helps Zverev. I didn't yeah. say it favors it just him. just helps him. Okay. It helps Zverev. It would be worse I'm, for I'm him. I'm never going to say Zverev is favored. <laughs> Nothing favors Zverev on yeah. red clay against Rafa. Okay. Nothing favors him. It helps Zverev. Okay. So it was a very big Didn't difference. seem to help Novak, though. Maybe it did. Maybe it would have been it, worse. It did, but it didn't help him enough. There's a difference. That final two? I mean, There's a, what did you say? It, it, did, it, did, it does help yeah. Novak, but didn't help him enough. There's a difference between being favored and having it help. It definitely hurts Rafa, but doesn't, is it going to hurt him enough to lose the match? I say no, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, tactically for Zverev, Chanda, where, where, where does he need to go at Rafa? I mean, I think he's got to push forward as much as he can. Obviously, there's you know, a certain amount of working the point that you have to do here. And against Nadal, you're not going to hit straight winners um, on him. But Zverev has to capitalize on opportunities to move inside the court, you know, to try to push Nadal out on those edges and close off shots, especially those floaters. And he's got to take care of business on serve. We say it often, but it's especially important, those first serves where he can get more opportunities to step in and dictate. And as dominant as Rafa is, has been, probably will be, 
He does have these vulnerabilities. There have been these dips. I mean, there were double breaks that he lost against Djokovic. There have been patches against against Felix Ojeleseem where he looked to be in command after three sets, and then he let us set go. If Zverev can be really opportunistic, the, the crowd is going to be pro-Rafa. Rafa knows how he can play through, especially in a best-of-five format. But he has not been invincible. He's just won five matches. As we can see, Rafa behind the scenes about to make his way up the stairs. He can see his own name there. He can see Justin Ennett. He can see all the champions here. Le premier joueur entré sur le cours possède 21 titres en grand chelem. 13 ici à Roland Garros. Il est espagnol, Rafael Nadal. If that doesn't give you the goosebumps, you don't love tennis. Nadal hoping to sweep the Australian Open and Roland Garros in the same year for the very first time. And here comes Sasha Zverev looking to make his first final here in Paris. Has the incredible task of taking out the 13-time champion. going to be even bigger of a factor today with the roof closed. Wow. Can't wait for this one. Jason Goodall and Jim Courier have the call. Thank you so much for joining us on TC Live. Nadal Zverev, next, live on Tennis Channel.